You're listening to the Women in Western podcast hosted by Christina Miller and Cheyenne Draves, a lifestyle podcast where we discuss everything from faith to family, business and fitness with emphasis on the glam and grit of women in the Western lifestyle community. Grab a coffee and go for a walk or a drive. Let's chat and inspire each other to be the best version of ourselves. Hello, ladies. Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another episode of the Women in Western podcast. Christina, how's it going today? It is going great. I am excited to be here today. And like we usually do, starting off every episode, we would like to talk about our highlights for the week. So, Shai, why don't you start us off with your highlight for this week? Of course. So, this week, well, for starters, As a lot of you guys may know, it's no secret that my husband and I are huge hunters and particularly big game hunters um, like elk and deer, and that's in the fall. And then a lot of people don't know that elk and deer shed their antlers once a year, kind of in like late winter, early spring. And so, you know, they shed those wherever they're at. And um, a lot of people take up what's called shed hunting. So you go out hiking in the mountains in the spring looking for sheds. And in Colorado, there is a season on shed hunting, which I have opinions on that, but I won't get into that. Um, but this last weekend, May 1st, was opening weekend of shed hunting season. And due to my husband's past job and like career role, we have actually never been camping together, like just for fun. Like we've lived in a camper, but we've never like for fun, gotten a tent, gone camping. So we've been really looking forward to this weekend, um, our whole family went. So my parents, uh, they took their camper trailer and Josh and I brought our tent with little Josephine and we went out and had the best time. It was so much fun. We didn't have any service up there. Um, I would tell you where you guys, where we went. Um, however, my husband has made it clear that that is a undisclosed location. (laughs) No one is allowed to know where our honey hole for shed hunting is. Um, but we had the absolute best time. We were out in high country with a lot of sage and cedars and mountains. Um, I hiked probably 20 miles in the course of like three days, so burned a lot of calories. Josephine was teething kind of halfway through, and my parents had to go home Sunday night, so they actually offered to take her home, which was really nice for Josh and I to have like just us two out there. Um, We're really blessed that we have family that helps out so much with her. Um, We did miss her, but we were there just Monday and Tuesday without her, and we got a ton of hiking done, found a ton of sheds, and it was just so much fun. Like I said, we've never been camping, just us two before, so I would say that's close to a highlight of my month, but it was really, really fun. We actually just came back into town today. It's Tuesday. I'm recording this right before release day, so I'm excited, though, to be back into my routine and back home in my bed, being able to take a shower because I've been sleeping in an uncomfortable cot for the last like three or four nights. So I'm excited to be home. So that was definitely the highlight of the week. Um, You guys can go to my personal Instagram and see, I made a little reel of all the fun times we had. Um, But Christina, I know you had some traveling this week too. What was your highlight of the week um, on top of all that? Yeah, so I traveled to Montana to celebrate an engagement party, Um, so it was just really great to kind of have some downtime, catch up with my family. The weather was not particularly great there, so I didn't get to go out and do some hiking like we had planned. However, it was just really fun to kind of enjoy some downtime with the family. 
How fun. I'm glad that you and I both got the opportunity to just go like travel this weekend and be away. Um, You and I, like we've said in the podcast before, have just made it such a big point to kind of unplug on the weekends and just relax and enjoy it. So I'm really glad that you and I both got to do that. Yes, me too. It's been great enjoying the weekends. Well, uh, without further ado, we're so excited about today's episode. We got to interview Miss Rodeo Colorado, and we're incredibly excited for her to share her story with us today. She has such an incredible story. I think you guys are going to absolutely love what she has to say, just her journey with her education in college and her learning an entire new language um, as a young adult. Absolutely crazy. So without further ado, let's start the episode. We are so excited to be having Miss Rodeo Colorado 2022 Ashley Baller on the podcast today. Ashley, we are so thankful that you took time out of your busy schedule to come be on our podcast and tell us a little bit about your story. Yes. Oh my goodness. Cheyenne, Christina, thank you so much for having me here today. This is really exciting. Like we were talking about before we got started, it's so fun that this is my very first podcast experience. So I feel honored to be able to take part in this fun opportunity with you all and also to be able to get you all, to get to know you all through the um, your amazing dandy lashes business. We love those, keeping us gals so fly, so fabulous. And it's just amazing to have you all as partners during this year as Miss Radio Colorado. So thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. We're so excited to be able to interview and share a little bit more about you. We were fortunate to be able to meet you um, for coffee that day when we were chatting a little bit more about dandy lashes and stuff. So we're just excited to be able to share a little bit about your story with our audience. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us just a little bit about you? Sure. So... Ashley Baller. I am about to be 26 years old. It's so crazy. My goodness, how time flies. Um, But I grew up in Parker, Colorado, graduated from Ponderosa High School and was involved in all sorts of things. I did 4-H. I was in the um, horse judging program way back in the day. I did all the all-around events, the working cow horse, um, and then, of course, rodeo queening. So I did five years of rodeo queening growing up. I was Elbert County Fair princess, was Deer Trail Rodeo attendant for two years, Elbert County Fair queen, and Elizabeth Stampede attendant. So the rodeo queen bug definitely bit me. I could do nothing to shake it because it was just such a huge part of my life and a really fun way to be involved in rodeo. So that kept me plenty busy, but I was also involved in marketing programs like DECA and FBLA for, um, you know, my business interests. So that was a lot of fun. And then I decided that, hey, you know, for me, I want to earn a degree in something. So I selected Colorado State University and I graduated from there in 2018 with a degree in um, equine science and minors in business and Spanish. And at CSU, again, I kept myself very busy. So in high school, I was keeping myself busy because I know, you know, I want to go to school. I got to get accepted somewhere. I have so many scholarships to apply for. But college, it kind of transitions to, okay, what do I want to do after the fact? Who do I want to be professionally? What impact do I want to have? So I kept myself busy. I was on the American Quarter Horse Judging team. I was a part of the Equine Science Stewards and was also very active within the Collegiate Horsemen's Association. 
And after graduation, oh, in addition to that, I added a minor in business and Spanish. So we'll definitely be able to get into the Spanish interest a little bit more after a while. But after graduating from CSU, I, well, you know, while at CSU, I, on all of my scholarship applications, I wrote that I wanted to work at AQHA someday so that I could stay involved in the ag world within the business sense or more of a business type capacity. And lo and behold, just a few months after graduating, I'd started working for National High School Rodeo Association, but my dream job popped up at AQHA. So I took the leap and applied and thank goodness, you just got to fake it till you make it because I got the job. So I was manager of multilingual resources and communication within the international department. And I did that for three years. And then the turquoise crown was calling. So here I am now as Miss Radio Colorado. What an amazing story and such an extensive background you have with so many equine rodeo cleaning things. You've truly done it all, especially, you know, your time early as a young queen. You said you were for you did it for five years, you said? Yes, five years, nonstop consecutively. (laughs) Wow, that is a really long time. And then you said going to CSU, you were majoring in equine science, but then minoring in Spanish. Was that um, a language you already knew or was that something that you were trying to learn as an adult? So half my family speak Spanish and um, I'm Latina. So we have, uh, we come from Mexican and Spanish descent. My family got here in the 1400s from Spain, came up through Mexico city and then lived in Nueva España, which is the Northern part of New Mexico and Southern Colorado. So my family's been here a while, but over the years, unfortunately, just due to a lot of different, um, just It wasn't as cool, I guess you could say, to speak Spanish when my grandma was growing up. So she lost the culture. She was just really embarrassed to speak it. And in turn, my mom could never teach me. But I realized that it's really important to me to be able to draw that draw a connection between myself, my family, my culture, and learn more about it and become more one with it because it's such a huge part of my life. So what I did was um, I decided, well, it's funny because actually in high school, I was like, this is the toughest thing I've ever done. I don't think I'm ever going to learn Spanish again a day in my life. And then um, randomly, I decided sophomore or freshman year of uh, college, the second semester, I'm like, I think I'm going to add a um, Spanish minor. And the first couple tests were horrid. Like they were really hard. I failed. I got 29%, 49%. I'm like, should I keep doing this? Should I persevere? That sounds like me, my junior year in high school in Spanish, only you were in college. Yes, it was. It was sad. Sometimes I really had to think I'm like, Ashley, are you sure this is for you? And I was like, Nope, I gotta do it. It's totally a way to diversify yourself within the industry. And then again, be able to connect deeper with with my family and my culture and my people. So I stuck it out. And I ended up Um, studying abroad in Spain my junior year of college because the only way to truly let the language soak in is by immersing yourself in it. So I lived in San Sebastian for a summer, which was the best experience of my life, learned so much Spanish, but then that's also where my um, love and passion for international cultures and flavors of the world was born. So Spanish was awesome. Um, 
that opened me up to my study abroad experience and love for all things international. And what was really cool was after that, you know, I remember my professor saying in college that once you, um, once you like are the one who speaks Spanish, there's a room of no Spanish speakers. If you're the only one who speaks Spanish, you're automatically the most fluent person in the room. And I have felt this a lot lately because I, it takes a lot to practice my Spanish. You know, I didn't grow up. I'm not a native speaker, even though I so wish I was, but I'm not. So I have to practice it every single day. I've got to study grammar. I've got to study the verbiage. I just got to study the language in general. And but it's, it's worked out a lot. So anyway, cut to applying for AQHA and they wanted someone who could speak Spanish. And I decided I am fluent. I can do this. It's going to work out. And not even the first week on the job, I get, um, I have a meeting with my, at the time she was the manager on my team. She ended up being a director of international and my boss. But at the time we were um, colleagues and she says, Hey, can you tie up this a contract for our affiliate in Mexico in Spanish, like the contracts in Spanish, the hotel in Mexico, I mean, completely Spanish speaking. I'm like, all right, this is really going to test the skills. Like, I hope I can speak Spanish. And it ended up working out. And then I ended up um, specializing in the Latin American region and Spain. So I worked with members all across the globe from Panama to Venezuela, Argentina, Costa Rica, Spain. I mean, it was just really cool. And I'm really glad that I made the leap from speaking Spanish, you know, even though way back in high school, I'm like, this is really tough. But then college made it work, got through those painful test scores. And then it led me to everything I was able to accomplish at AQHA. And it was just really fun to be able to connect with members in a different language. And now I use it so much as Miss Radio Colorado. So yeah, Spanish, it's been a lot. Wow, that's really amazing that the opportunities that learning Spanish opened up for you. Um, And you're also extremely inspiring to me because I'm actually half Samoan and we kind of talked about this when we met for coffee, but I also did not grow up um, speaking Samoan. My my dad didn't end up teaching that to uh, my siblings and I. So it's always been a goal to, you know, learn my language. And so it's just incredible that you were able to immerse yourself in the culture and learn how to speak Spanish and all the opportunities and amazing things that have come about having added that language to your life. And being able to hear your story about you feeling so inadequate in certain situations as well of being thrown into certain aspects. Um, feeling so new and and not knowing the language yet and being able to actually do it. You said your first trip that you did, you were really nervous to be able to do that and you got it done even though you didn't feel up to it. And that's just really inspiring. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You all are so fun to talk with. I have so many things to say. I had to write them down so that I didn't forget to comment on certain things. Um, but yeah, just to kind of get started, Christina, it's so true. I also highly, like we were talking about at the coffee shop that one day, highly recommend that you chase those language dreams and goals because it's just so important and it's fun even to be able to connect with grandparents or family members in a different way. And it's it's really, it's a total confidence booster and it just makes you feel more at home whenever you can use certain um, phrases together or just be able to connect on a different level because that's just some things with family that 
it's it's hard to reciprocate because it is family and it's where you come from and language is certainly difficult it takes so much practice you know your brain's like a muscle you have to work it every day but if you stick with it it's really fun to see what the outcomes are and something that i've really had a a challenge with and something that i've been working to overcome is my confidence with speaking spanish because i'm a perfectionist i expect excellence from myself and there's so much room for error grammatically i mean if you put the accent in the wrong place and most of the time I'm speaking with native speakers and you know, Spanish is so beautiful and the dialect varies dependent on the region and the locales are, they're just so different. And so it's, it's can be really overwhelming. Like, oh my gosh, maybe I just shouldn't talk at all because this is, this could be embarrassing, but you only learn by stepping out of your comfort zone and you just got to go out there and chase those language dreams because it is so important to be able to connect with people and then just do it. And yeah, that's what I had to teach myself is don't worry about what other people think and people just love it. I mean, they cling to it. It makes them so happy when you can connect with them and understand what they're saying and hold a conversation and no one's ever as no one's ever judgmental. No one ever is. It's just all on ourselves. So I'm excited for you. I can't wait to hear what success you have with learning Samoan. And I just want to hear it. I can't wait to hear the language. Language is so beautiful. So kudos to you. Love it. And um, yeah, Cheyenne, I guess I kind of touched on a little bit of um, so what you'd mentioned, but kind of just to piggyback off that. Yeah, I growing up, my role model was Selena, because she is one of the most beloved Latin American artists out there. And what I loved about her is that she didn't grow up same exact situation as me, you know, she didn't grow up speaking Spanish. And she learned to sing it phonetically, but then learned the language from just she learned it to be able to connect with her audience, which is really cool because, you know, she didn't start, she wasn't a native speaker, but she was so successful, so talented. And she was able to just build up so much of a, a, a heart with her community. So I really want to be able to do that within my rodeo world as well, but definitely look to Selena for some, some character encouragement along the way. <laughs> Oh man, you are so inspiring and I'm already so obsessed with this interview and I want to spend so much time talking about this one subject because I'm obsessed with the fact that you were able to learn Spanish at such a, I don't want to say old age because what, you were like 18 when you started, but most people learn it when they're babies and it's so hard to learn a language when you're older. Yes, it's it's true. And oh my gosh, I now that I'm about to be 26, I really do feel so old. I know it's not so old, but I'm like I feel like a grandma rodeo queen. <laughs> anyway, yes, it's it when you're younger, you just soak it in like a sponge and people in Europe speak three to five languages like it's nothing, but in the United States we're only exposed to one. So, yes, definitely want to be sure to practice every day. I can tell when I'm a little bit rusty, but I, you know, really after my second real immersion after um, studying abroad in Spain was going to Mexico City for an on-site service trip with AQHA. And it was my very first inter international trip and of course, completely in Spanish. So a lot of funny, interesting experiences. Now they're all kind of like flooding back to me from that time. But let me tell you, when you're trying to register a bunch of horses in Spanish and it's your first time abroad <laughs> doing the dang thing, it can be a little bit nerve wracking, but we did it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sure that could be a little bit stressful trying to register horses in Spanish. <laughs> well, especially so young, too. How old were you yeah. doing all this? I, let's see, my first international trip, I had to have been 22, 22 or, or 23. And I, my time at AQHA, oh my goodness, I, I, I know we'll be getting into it soon. So I don't want to, you know, jump the gun on anything, but I loved my boss at the time because her name's Anna Morrison and she's now the executive director for the National Rank Cowhorse Association, but she hired on a really young team. And I loved it because Sierra, who was my colleague at the time, then became my boss and just forever friend now. She and I learned, she was kind of a year ahead of me. And so we got to really work together and learn together. But then our boss was, she trained us in a really cool way that just was really empowering and successful. So I was really, it was I feel blessed to have had my experience there that I did with the people who lifted us up and helped us to do the job right. <laughs> well, I love that. And so, you know, you've learned Spanish and you're working for AQHA. Tell us a little bit more about what you did um, at AQHA and what, what it was like working there. Oh, I would love to talk about it. So I, when I was hired on, I was hired on for a couple of reasons. The first reason was to, so there's two pieces of that job as the manager of multilingual resources and communication. So there's the multilingual piece, and then there's also the communications piece. So I'll dive into communications first, because my heart really, really lies within multilingual resources. So that one might lead to a fun question here or there. I don't know. I could you might have to stop me because I, I just love talking about that. <laughs> anyway, um, as far as communications goes, I manage the um, AQHA International blog, our quarterly newsletter, um, all of our press releases, and the social media, so our Facebook page. And then in addition to that, I um, as I my time there um, increased, so did my responsibilities. So I took on the Educational Marketplace Program, which is a grant-based program that the international department manages for any equine organization around the world to apply to host a um, equine educational clinic. So they apply for the funding and then we hire an um, U.S.-based equine industry professional to send abroad to teach people anything from racehorse kinesiology to reining to showmanship to reproduction i mean anything under the sun so that was really cool i got to meet some fun trainers and professionals through that and then i managed our on-site services and so i was fully trained i guess i still am i guess it hasn't been that long in <laughs> training transferring i mean anything within the registration department because my job was to host international on-site services. So you can find on-site services for AQHA at a variety of shows, rodeos, sales, equine events throughout the nation, but we wanted to bring them to the international members. So I did that in Mexico City. I brought it to Germany. And then for the first time, I took it to Italy this last November. So that was a really fun accomplishment for me to be able to pilot a project and a program like that that had never been done in that country. So I had a lot of fun. I will always have a piece of my heart in Italy because they're just, I love the quarter horse members over there. They're just so much fun to work with. Great personality. And you can't go wrong on that food. Let me tell you. No. <laughs> the girl loves some spaghetti. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, French bread, <laughs> pasta, pizza galore. I'm, I dream about it to this day. <laughs> 
This is such incredible information, Ashley, because I think there's so many people that don't understand that you can be in the Western community and in the Western industry and not have to necessarily directly be riding horses every day and doing that kind of stuff. Like, it is so cool to see your aspect from your job in AQHA, um, being able to do all of this cool business stuff and meeting people, networking and the travel. This is so cool to me. Yes, I love that you brought that up because when I went to school at CSU, I was in equine science, of course, and what really opened my eyes was the vast variety of equine-specific degrees that someone can obtain. So you don't have to be a vet. You don't have to be a horse trainer. You can get involved with nutrition or research or business. Oh my goodness, the business environment or the business opportunities for equine enthusiasts is huge and it's growing more because we're such a word of mouth based industry, but it's fun the different ways that we're involving digital marketing and just different ways to impact the consumer and just kind of like grow our industry. So I love that. And which is why I loved the multilingual resource piece in my job, because I never learned, I didn't realize that that was something I ever wanted to do, especially in college. I'm like, what translate material? That's crazy. But part of my job was to build a multilingual resource library. So when I got to AQHA, I, um, with the help of the amazing marketing team there, I was able to build the um, international section on AQHA.com that housed the multilingual resource section. So there you can find um, translated forms into Portuguese, German, Italian, French, Spanish, Danish, Finnish, a whole bunch of things. And it was my job to work with a localization agency to have anything translated into any language. And then we also did a ton of um, voiceover and subtitling. So I love, I love language and yeah, head to AQH International and um, on their website, check out those multilingual resources because they look cool, especially the German forms. Those ones are interesting. <laughs> Yeah, German, I feel like, is a language that looks very angry. So I feel like I just read it in all exclamation points. <laughs> it's, you know, I tried to read it in general. And if it's not, unless it's a romance language, I get stuck. I'm like, okay, there's a squiggly B and I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> well, transitioning into your rodeo queen career, I could seriously talk to you about the multilingual stuff and the Spanish stuff. And I know Christina could all day because we're obsessed with that. But transitioning into your um, rodeo queen career, just to let our listeners kind of how did you become Miss Rodeo Colorado? And how can our listeners um, get into that queening industry and eventually become a state title holder like you are? Ooh, great question. Something I'm super passionate about talking or yeah, super passionate about talking about. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I <laughs> So many abouts. I stumbled upon the Elizabeth Stampede Royalty Clinic way back when I was 11 or 12. I had no clue who I wanted to be in life, what I wanted to be in life. I mean, I was wearing like neon pants, flats, and a black and purple zebra sweatshirt. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> I needed So you didn't help. grow up in the Western industry? Did you grow up riding horses? 
Oh, great question. So I am a first generation cowgirl, the first person in my family to grow up in or be involved in the ag world. And my step grandpa had a broodmare named Sassy. And when I was about seven or eight, I started riding, I mean, every day, if I could get my hands on, on a horse, get my leg over a saddle, into a saddle, however you want to say it. And <laughs> I, I just, I loved horses. So they, they put me in 4-H and I can say with honesty that the horse really saved my life. I mean, it gave me so much purpose and I was showing in 4-H, wasn't that great at it. I was kind of timid with the horses. I'd been bucked off a ton of times and I'm thinking, sassy, I don't really know if this is the way I want to live my life because I'm in pain. <laughs> sassy was the broodsmare's name. Anyway, so we're at this royalty clinic and I've always wanted to be a princess. I mean, growing up, I was obsessed with all of the Disney princesses. That sounds like the coolest job in the world. And I found that I could become a princess too. And that's, that's when the obsession began. So every day from then on out, I think YouTube, it just came out. I mean, I was YouTubing rodeo Queens. Like it was nobody's business. I just wanted a piece of that life because it was a really fun community. I was really shy. I mean, so shy, so awkward, still awkward, definitely. <laughs> um, but it, it was fun. It captured my eyes. So I decided, Hey, I think I'll throw my hat in the ring and go for miss or I'm sorry, Elbert County fair princess. And I won. So that was really fun. I learned so many things. I found my personality through it. I found my passion. I mean, I was hooked. So from there, I just continued on trying out for more titles in my area and my, I just kept setting goals and just one goal to the next, to the next, to the next. And that led me to Miss Radio Colorado was always a, a dream for me. And what I realized growing up was that I had, this was the pinnacle of my dreams, the pinnacle of my goals, but you know, the different facets of being a rodeo queen and preparing for those is what set me up for success professionally. I mean, getting through getting my degree at CSU because it teaches you dedication, self-worth, self-respect, confidence, public speaking, interview skills. I mean, it just covers everything, you know, how to hold a conversation from the back of a horse with a microphone on stage in front of 200 people or just back and forth at a gala or something like that. So I got involved because of Elizabeth Stampede and 4-H and the wealth of opportunities I had available um, back home in Eastern Colorado. But Miss Radio Colorado, of course, like I said, was at the pinnacle of it all. So because this is the, um, you know, Miss Radio Colorado or the all the Miss Rodeos are, they set the standard and the tone for just being an inspiration in the Western industry. And that's something that I've always been so passionate about because it did so much for me. And so I want to give back to others in this way too. Wow. I love that. It's such an amazing story. So your first generation cowgirl, which is news to me, I did not know that. It's so cool to um, hear about Sassy to inspiring you to get out there and learn some more about horses. I think we all had a sassy horse a sassy in our lifetimes, moment. especially <laughs> those of us that didn't grow up. And Christina and I have an episode early on in the podcast, I think it's our um, episode three, um, about how to get into the Western community when you didn't grow up into it. And that's just so inspirational, like Christina was saying, that you did not grow up doing it. Oh, yeah. No, I – and that's what – I. 
I like to call myself the next generation of cowgirl, the next generation of cowboy, because with the the urban world becoming more expansive and the agricultural world just decreasing, unfortunately, each year, I mean, just less and less land to farm and ranch with because of it being developed, which we can definitely um, feel here in Colorado. I, I say we're going through our second gold rush. Everybody wants to be here. It's a, it's a great it's a great state. Everybody, it's been the nation's best kept secret. All that to say, it's a huge opportunity because we have, we're able to impact so many people's lives who maybe have never been involved with ag or horses or rodeo before. And I know what it's like to be the first one to be involved in the industry. And it can be a little bit intimidating because there's some people who come from, you know, they're the sixth generation rancher in their family and there's so much history and knowledge there. But what's fun is that there's so many people who are passionate about this world and who want to help you. So there's so many people along the way who helped me to figure out what to wear at a horse show and what bit not to use and which boots you want to use for which event. So it's, it's, I like to see people who have been um, just really successful in the ag world who don't come from it because it helps me to, you know, envision that in myself, therefore be that vision for others. Tell us a little bit about how you became a rodeo queen, like what the pageant is like. Um, We'd love to hear a little bit more about that. Totally. Well, we, as nice as it would be to wake up and have a crown one day, we go through a pageant. So the Miss Radio Colorado pageant is typically three to four days long. And what happens is that we compete in um, a variety of different categories. So at the end of the day, we're judged on personality, appearance, and horsemanship. But then there's also a written test portion and a speech portion. And we can, there's two different types of modelings that we do on stage. There's three different types of questions. So um, current events, rodeo, and personality. We do a personality interview, a horsemanship interview, a horsemanship pattern. Last year during my pageant, we did rail work as well. And then a hot lap. And then you have a couple minutes after that to catch up with the judges. They watch us do a hot lap during the Greeley Stampede, during one of the rodeos. That was the coolest thing ever. I'm like, ah, this arena is so big. I can't believe I'm doing this. And I run flags for the Greeley Stampede. And I remember seeing you go around the arena. Um, that was before you had won. And I really had an affinity for you. I, I was hoping you would win. Oh, girl, you're so sweet. Oh, my goodness. I was... That was definitely a live in the moment moment. The the pretty little Palomino I was on, she was like such a little Barbie. She was so cute. Um, but that makes me happy because I was I was shivering in my britches. That was a little bit nerve nerve wracking. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how the pageant works. And we're coming up on our um, preliminary pageant here soon for Miss Radio Colorado. Um, and then whoever makes it, which I know we have a lot of really talented gals running, will make it to the finals pageant as well. How exciting. And when does that happen every year? When is the Miss Rodeo Colorado pageant? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. It is during the Greeley Stampede, which is home of Miss Rodeo Colorado. And it's the 100th year anniversary. I mean, this is a huge year for our community. Colorado is home to the world's first rodeo. So the fact that we're celebrating 100 years of the Greeley Stampede, I mean, it's Colorado's largest outdoor celebration in the summer. And I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Wow, that's awesome. I didn't realize it was the 100th year already. That's an incredible uh, celebration. So speaking of rodeo, uh, 
tell us a little bit about your favorite rodeo event. Yes. Well, my favorite rodeo event is the classic event, which is the saddle bronc riding. And what I love about this event, you know, we were just talking about how Colorado's home to the world's first rodeo is that saddle bronc was the very first event. So in Deer Trail, July 4th, 1869, a bunch of cowboys were in a bronc busting contest and an Englishman had actually won the contest. And it wasn't like what you see today with eight second rides. I mean, it was, it was an hour, hour and a half, two hours, the whole day. If they had, if they needed it to get these horses started. And I just, I love that story. I fell in love with it. I love how it's here in Colorado. And what I love about the saddle bronc riding is just the, the added, level of finesse and technique that goes into it. So not only are you staying on an animal for eight seconds, but you're, you have a a certain style about it, which I think is just really cool and and challenging. I mean, that's, I couldn't do it. (laughs) That is so funny. I did not know that the deer trail rodeo was the world's first rodeo. My husband and I just drove through that way for a wedding um, about a month ago. And we drove by the deer trail rodeo arena And I had no clue that that was the world's first rodeo. Very good piece of information. (laughs) Love that. And my husband actually used to um, ride saddle bronc. Well, he rode ranch broncs for ranch rodeos. So my husband will appreciate that you threw that in there. That's your favorite event. (laughs) Yay, we love that. (laughs) Yes. So tell us a little bit what um, a day in the life of Miss Rodeo Colorado looks like. Yes, a day in the life of Miss Rodeo Colorado. So... I would be remiss if I didn't admit that it does take two hours to get ready. (laughs) I've tried desperately to cut it down. I really have, but a lot of work goes into getting ready, which is so fun. I break that down for us. We want to hear about the beauty routine. How long does the hair take? How long does it take to pick out the outfit? Tell us about it. Oh girl. Okay. So if you're, if you're smart, you plan your outfits the night before (laughs) and they're totally dependent on the event you're headed to the next day. But Always, you know, the the rodeo queen gear, which we've been talking about on all school visits are you got the crown, you got the sash, you got the buckle, you know, and then you've got your, you've got your rodeo queen confidence to go on top after everything. But when I get ready, it's, I like to use curlers because I have a lot of hair. And so they keep my hair nice and fluffy. And then the makeup takes the longest. So the makeup can take 45 minutes. I had to learn how to do makeup. It's, I guess I'm coming up on my year anniversary. I never worn it before. I had no idea. I was so lost, still learning the ropes. I'll forever be working on how to put makeup on, but, um, that's a huge piece of it. And then the wings, let me tell you the rodeo queen wings are, the wings are iconic. Explain to some of our listeners what the wings are, because I just learned what wings are like a year ago and I was shook and didn't realize that this was such a big part of queening. And I'm currently learning about them right now. (laughs) Yes. Okay. (laughs) You know, some of us wish maybe that they weren't around. Some of us are so glad that they are. I am right there in the middle. I'm just trying to perfect these bad boys. I mean, it takes so much practice to figure out. What the heck are they? So they are, so when you see a, um, a rodeo queen, gorgeous queen with her hat on her, you look at her and her hair is, 
it's out on the side of her ears. And it, it almost looks like a Farrah Fawcett look, but with a cowgirl hat on. And the reason we have wings is because they frame our face. They show our earrings. A lot of us have sponsored jewelry. Shout out to Accessories of the Flair and Hair and Greeley um, for keeping my accessories on point. But the reason that we use them or that we, yeah, we have, they just, they open your face up. And so the, the trick though, is that everybody has different hair and there's a different style to doing it. So lots of teasing, lots of hairspray and perseverance with those wings. <laughs> so the wings alone probably take like what, 15, 20 minutes, an hour? They, they do. They take 15 to 20 minutes. It depends on how good of a wing day you're having. There's been some moments where it's like, I don't know if I can do this today. I mean, I think I'm just going to have to shave it and start over. I don't know. <laughs> I love that so much. It's kind of like liquid eyeliner. Like they can smell your fear. Oh my goodness. Yes. You, yeah. Liquid eyeliner. You got to have your brave face on and just ready to ready for it. <laughs> so oh, 100%. <laughs> yes, we, we can feel that we can feel that. So yes, okay, day in the life it takes forever to get ready. But it's great. It's fun. It's a fun thing to be able to work on. For me, I like, like I said earlier, I'm kind of a perfectionist. So it's fun to be able to work on something and get better and better and see visible results. Um, but as always, it's just important that everybody knows you're beautiful on the inside and out, regardless if you have makeup on or not, because What's important is what's on the inside and how genuine your heart is. So makeup just accentuates the look, essentially. It's just an added dose of glitter. But for me, it, it changes daily. So um, during the rodeo season, it'll be a... It'll be packed. It'll be a lot of fun events. But during rodeos, you can find us doing media interviews, helping out with mutton busting, doing autograph signings, anything with the kids, anything we can get in with the community and talk to them and just engage in conversations about rodeo. Of course, we could be doing hot laps, running a flag in the arena, but we we serve with a servant's heart. You know, we want to be there to just help in any way we can. So if that means that we are behind the arena, saddling and unsaddling horses and cleaning pens for the duration of the rodeo and the show, then, and that's where they need us, then that's where they need us. So we are not afraid to get our hands dirty because we are cowgirls first and rodeo queens second. Or I could be doing a school visit some days. So last, I actually just got back from Grand Junction and I did 10 school visits over the course of two days. I did my first two school visits in Spanish, which is really fun. But the, one of the days kicked off with a 7.15 a.m. Rotary Club visit. I did five school visits after that. And then my evening concluded with a rodeo roundup for the CSU Mavericks Stamp or the CMU Mavericks Stampede. So our days are, if we're not at a rodeo, we are busy within the community, maybe at a school, maybe visiting with some of our sponsors who are just like our I like to call them our support system, our family, um, because they've become that um, more than sponsors over the last year. So it it really varies. Or you could be on a podcast like you are today. <laughs> that's a great point. I could definitely be on a podcast. And that's what I love about this new digital world is that we can connect with people near and far, regardless of what corner of the globe you're on. So I'm excited. <laughs> Well, our next question for you is if you have your own horse right now um, or during your flag runs, are you riding your own personal horses or are you riding borrowed horses? What's that look like? Yeah, so I have two horses. I have an American Quarter horse named Angel and an American Paint horse named 
Jasmine and Jazzy. I, she was the first horse I ever started <laughs> and that was in fifth grade. So there's definitely some holes. You can tell that a fifth grader started her, but she was my, <laughs> she's just old faithful. I mean, you point her to anything, she'll do it. She did everything with me growing up. She was my queen horse, but this year, Miss Angel, my quarter horse gets to give it a whirl. And I trained her through the legends of ranching program at CSU and her sire, he's super cool, Sixes Country. He stands at the four sixes, but she's from the Purina Research Ranch in Missouri. And I fell in love with her. I was actually, so the the program starts like it's, you know, it's two semesters long, the Legends of Ranching. And I was actually working the wrong horse for the first semester. And I had to switch horses. And my horse wasn't getting like really ridden by anyone. So um, it's a wonder that we ended up doing well, but I love that girl and she will be my flag horse or hot lap horse this year. I can't wait for her to give it her all as a queen mare. Um, but when I'm traveling out of state, for example, I did 35 rodeos so far this year. So 29 at National Western Stock Show. And we are on Serby horses there, which are incredible animals. Oh my goodness. Serbies are just legendary in my mind. Not only because they're a Colorado stock contractor, but they have really cool stock and um, they just do a lot for us gals. And then in Florida, I was on a, a different horse that someone's personal animal. And then in South Dakota, we were on the Sutton um, stock contractor horses. Again, another really cool family. Oh my gosh, they are incredibly impressive. So if we're not on our horse, our own horses, we might be on stock contractors, horses, or just a kind member from the community who's willing to allow a queen to hop on the back of theirs horses. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome that you get to use your own mare, but also get to ride um, a lot of other amazing horses throughout the year, um, which leads us to which rodeo is your favorite rodeo of the year? So it it is Greeley. I, I love it. I mean, Greeley Stampede, I inherited not only a home, but a family and they are really is huge. Growing up, I just, I admired it so much. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope one day I get to ride in that arena. This place is awesome. But they, they put on a really great show and they have a lot of fun opportunities for people. Like there's not just concerts and rodeos. I mean, there's a ton of different events for all people from all walks of life, which is cool because it's kind of the gateway to the rodeo. So if you come for the amusement rides, you can go to the rodeo. If you come for the daily parade in the park, I hope it leads you to the rodeo. I mean, it's just really fun, the different ways people can get engaged and have some fun. So Greeley Stampede is my favorite rodeo. <laughs> I am also partial to Greeley because I run flags there every year. And we are really excited for the Greeley Stampede this year. So if you're local to Colorado and you want to come at the end of June to Greeley Stampede, it is going to be the 100th year anniversary of the rodeo. So it's going to be huge this year. Ashley, I can't wait to see you there. It's going to be amazing. Yay. I can't wait to see you all there too. Yes, please. Oh my goodness. Everybody come June 23rd through July 4th. It's going to be huge this year. There's going to be a Mexican heritage celebration with Jerry Diaz. He's bringing his incredible show to Greeley and that's where they typically host it. You can find that during the National Western Stock Show. But it's really fun to have some of that action in the summertime. So something to look forward to. Join us definitely. 
That's going to be so fun. Well, Ashley, one question that we like to ask every single guest that comes onto the podcast, because we think everyone can give a takeaway from their story. What is the biggest thing that people can learn or take away from your story? And I have a feeling you're going to have a lot of good ones. There's so many different things that people can take away from everybody's story. And I love learning from people. And for me, I think what has really helped me is to be able to lean into my community and my network and seek mentorship and people who believe in me to, um, to accomplish my dreams and, you know, see, see me as an investment. And so, you know, throughout Spanish and, you know, learning Spanish and the, the ropes of becoming a rodeo queen in college and having a first career, what was really essential in my life was having a strong community and reaching out to experienced adults, industry professionals, um, just talented individuals in general who would be willing to lend some advice. And um, so really for me, I recommend everybody just reach out and find a mentor. You'd be shocked at the amount of people who truly just want to help you support help to support you in your endeavors, help you to achieve success. So build a community, build a network, lean into those around you, the ones who um, love you, not only at home, but also within your industry. And um, with that, I just really recommend everybody just take the reins on their dreams and their goals. So my platform this year is take the reins because you know I really couldn't narrow down, You know I love Spanish, I'm a first generation cowgirl, but throughout it all, you know, the horse saved my life. And that is my, um, that's what, how I got, that was my gate into the industry, essentially. And I say it saved my life because without the horse, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I certainly wouldn't have been able to get through school completely on scholarships and grants. So my mom, I grew up in a low income family and her grocery store salary definitely couldn't cover four years at CSU. And so I hustled to apply for as many scholarships as possible and ended up graduating debt-free, which was my goal and all through the horse because of my equine involvement. And then of course that launched me into my career at AQHA and just greatly contributed to who I am now as Miss Radio Colorado. But throughout all of that, I took the reins. I jumped into something that I'd never done before. I took the reins with Spanish, with horses, and I just, I want that for other people. And so I'm just really passionate about other people experiencing this lifestyle, but to do it, you have to do it with confidence. So no matter what you do, lean into your community, take the reins on your goals and your dreams, do it, and then make sure that you walk the walk and um, talk the talk. So if you are passionate about this, get involved, make a difference, and don't be afraid to either um, lend a helping hand or seek a helping hand when um, just really reaching for your dreams and accomplishing them. Wow, those are such amazing takeaways. And thank you so much for sharing your story today. We hope that everyone's enjoyed listening as much as we have learning about you. So um, just in wrapping things up, if people want to continue to follow along your journey and um, your queening this year, where would they find you on socials? 
So Miss Rodeo Colorado can be found on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, we have an Instagram page, and then also MissRodeoColoradoPageant.com. So definitely keep up with the socials. We have so many, our years are busy. I mean, there's a lot of adventures to come. We will certainly keep you entertained. You'll be educated about rodeo, ag, horses all along the way. And we don't want you to miss a single bit of it. And I'm just so glad to have been able to speak with you two today. And I'm just incredibly blessed um, to for the fact that God has given me this opportunity and this um, platform to speak with you all. So thank you so much for all that you do. Ashley, you are such an amazing interview. We have been obsessed with this interview. I've gotten chills multiple times. I can't wait for our listeners to hear. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning this week into the Women in Western podcast. We cannot wait to see you guys next week. We hope you got so much from this week's episode with Miss Rodeo Colorado, Ashley Baller, and we can't wait to see you guys next week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Women in Western Podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. We'll see you guys next week. See you next week.